How do I write a good chorus? What is the purpose of a chorus within a song structure? What things can we look at to determine what makes a good chorus? We're going to talk about that right now. Friend, welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory. Thank you for joining me. This week, we're talking about the purpose of a chorus. Probably the most important part of a song is the chorus. And that is what we are tackling today. How to write a chorus, thinking through what the purpose of a chorus is, what makes a chorus a good chorus, And just like the verse last week, if you tuned in, we're sort of really taking an outside view. We're trying to step back, right? So if you're looking for, you know, the exact step of like, walk up to your piano and then, you know, start in the key of this, like key of of D major, and then start with a D major chord, start with a one chord. That's not what I'm giving you because I don't think any of that matters Um, Or really, the requirements of those are going to be so radically different from song to song that even attempting to address that is silly and counterproductive, right? We don't want to pump out songs like a machine in this. We do in the sense that I think all of us, if we could write, you know, 100 great songs every day, we obviously would would want to. Um, But but we're artists, right? We, We should understand that there's no like, you know insert these things into this equation and boom, there's a song that's high quality, right? That's just not how it works. Every song, every story is going to have different requirements, right? Not all movies are the same, right? Some of those basic beats are, right? Like the hero's journey, but all the details within the hero's journey are radically different and are really what make up the difference between stories, right? In the same way that most songs, right, have verses, choruses, and a bridge, Um, And there might be slight variations in that. But for the most part, that is the song structure that we sort of work around. And whether, you know, we have three verses or two or two different bridges or if the chorus has changed lyrics or in my case, I like to do finales. Right. Like regardless what we sort of tweak in that framework, it all sort of follows some of those same beats. And there's a reason for that. Right. Uh, Mostly the creativity is not within. um some of the basics of song or story structure, right? Those things sort of, there are proven ways that work that we sort of utilize. Um, Again, not to say that you can't get creative with that. I definitely like getting at least semi-creative with song structure. I think if you're going to throw a chorus out the window completely, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but there are lots of things that we, little tweaks we can make, like for example, I like a finale, which if you don't know what that is, I think it's because it's a term I made out because I don't think it's a real like named thing, right? Like with a, a bridge and a, a chorus, like those are named things. We know what those are. But a finale is sort of, I usually call it that if the song ends on a brand new section. So it's kind of like a bridge in that way, right? It's a brand new section that doesn't share anything with anything before, right? It's clearly different. Um, but in this case, it's at the end of the song rather than sort of a bridge back to another chorus 
or to a verse to go back to the chorus. So the finale is at the end of the song. And usually the main point of the song or a second main point of the song is actually in that finale. Sometimes it also wraps up the story. So that sort of depends. But the goal in my brain is you thought that the chorus was the peak of the song when you heard it after the first verse. Like this is the best song we'll ever get. A minute into the song, you already heard the best it's going to get. I like to then be like, nope, it's not the best you've heard yet. Not just because the next chorus is a little better because the lyric shifted a little bit. Not just the next chorus is a little better because I layered more instruments into it or put a guitar solo into it to make it slightly more interesting. But no, there's a whole new section that's even better than the chorus. But I'm only going to give it to you once, leaving you wanting more. So that's kind of what a finale is. Um, But anyway... Today, we are talking about choruses. So first question we want to answer is, what is the purpose of a chorus? And once again, just like with the verse, I think we're going we're gonna to have two main things here. So the purpose of your chorus is to provide a memorable highlight of your song and to provide the central idea of your song. So let's talk about the highlight first. In sports, there's sort of a highlight reel, right? Like, and that's the idea of like some play that a player made that just is astounding, right? It sticks out. It's worth watching, right? If if a wide receiver has a 150-yard game, but all of them are sort of like nine-yard passing plays and he catches it right in his chest, right? It's not really like whatever, right? An incredible game, 150 yards is a lot, but... You know, there, there's nothing that really stood out. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham or whatever can do that crazy one-handed catch out in the air, right? And nobody even knows what he did the rest of that game. I don't remember. I would love the NFL. Don't remember, right? He might have had, that might have been the only catch of that game. I don't think it was, but that could have been the only catch of that game and it doesn't matter, right? Like his entire legacy is almost built off of that one highlight catch, right? So in a, in a similar way, With your chorus, you want to provide that memorable highlight, right? It's the thing that people don't mind to keep going back to, right? A regular catch, nobody wants to see that again, right? If you're not into football, you might not even want to see it the first time. But a good enough highlight, even somebody not into football might be like, wow, about that Odell Beckham catch because it's so impressive, right? You don't even need to like football. Similarly, a great chorus is just going to be such a good, memorable highlight of the song that somebody that might not even like you as an artist normally or might not even love the song overall, there will still be something that they like and respect in that chorus, Um, A part of how I used to think through this is um, I actually really worked on, because I realized pretty early that one of my strengths was my range as a singer. I was like, I don't know how how good my tone is. Um, I don't know how good, you know, some of my other things are. I don't, you know, how good is my pitch? I don't know, right? Because especially early on, you don't know until you start recording yourself and you're like, oh, okay, I'm better at that than I thought. But, but... Like at first, it's easy to have all these sort of doubts. But the one thing I knew I was good at was range. So I sort of leaned into that. Um, And because of that, you'll notice in a lot of my choruses, I tend to utilize my range a lot because a part of my thought is, dang it, even if somebody doesn't like the rest of the song, they're going to at least respect like the range that I show in the chorus, right? And it's going to be this really emotional melody that they're like, oh, wow, okay even if they don't like the rest of the song, right? So it's sort of that highlight thing again. 
where just practically speaking, you want to provide a highlight to your song, something that if people forget everything else, they forget what the song's about, or they might not have even paid enough attention to the lyrics to know what the song is about. But when it's played, they're sort of, they almost want to hum along with the chorus. That's what your chorus should provide, practically speaking. The other side is that central idea of your song. Now, I use the word idea here because I toyed with theme and I also toyed with message, but I, I don't want to say message here because message to me is where a, a, a art starts to lose its artistry. So it's sort of like when you watch a movie or a TV show and you can tell something's inserted just for some sort of political messaging and you're turned off by it, right? Because it's unnatural. It doesn't fit in the story. You can tell that they're just shoving some political nonsense down your throat and it's annoying, right? And even, even, even if you agree with it, what the message might be, there's still this sense, right? Like, like it's a negative thing, right? If somebody says, don't preach to me or don't, don't preach at me, right? Like nobody wants that, right? And it's okay to have themes. It's okay. Like there, it's sort of this weird thing that I think there should be a message, but you shouldn't be able to clearly define it, right? As an artist, I don't think you should be able to say, well, I wrote this song to combat this. No. Write a song, tell a story, the artistic journey is sort of one of discovery, right? You ask, you put like a character in a situation or you um, reflect on your own emotions. You're not thinking about like, how can I preach at somebody to make them change their mind about this thing or to make them feel bad for this type of person, right? That's not art. That's manipulation. That's, that's not, there's nothing, there's no higher calling in that. That's just trash. So, I'm careful to not use the word message because I don't think your song should have a very clear message per se. Or if it does, it should almost come about organically, not you deciding to write a song that's preaching about anything. But it does need to have your central idea. All right, so the central idea of your song you might discover is... Um, for example, song I'm working on right now is called, it's working title anyway, is called Something Better. And the chorus revolves around this idea of, of the line, it's fine, I know you've found something better. So it's sort of this bitter take on, I think the direction it's going to go is like, sort of a, a what woe is me, I gave you all this, or I did all this for you, um, um, but it's fine. I know you found something better, right? So there's sort of a tinge of bitterness. It's clearly sarcastic in a sense, but I think it's sort of conflicted, right? Like I'm, I'm maybe I'm happy for you. Maybe I'm not, I don't know, but like, um, that is an example of a central idea, right? It's fine. I know you found something better. What layers of sarcasm are there aside, right? Like, is it really something better or am I being sarcastic about something better? I don't know. And that part doesn't matter so much as like, that's the central idea of the song, right? So sort of built on this. Uh, I think the implication of the song is that the person cheated on the, the person. It's fine. I know you found something better. 
um, which is something I really haven't explored. So I'm kind of excited about that. But anyway, that's the central idea, right? Is, is, is this emotion of it's fine. I know you've found something better. That's an idea. There's no messaging there, right? There's no end goal. I'm not explicitly trying to like manipulate you to feel bad for me because I'm the one singing it or for for somebody, who, whoever you believe the character is that whose perspective I'm taking in the song, which the answer is a non-existent one, right? It's kind of a, you draw from different experiences of, of yourself combined with other people and all that. But um, your chorus does need to have that central idea, right? Like at, at some level, if somebody were to ask what's the song about, they should probably sort of find that answer in the chorus, generally speaking. So those are the two main purposes of your chorus. The beauty of your chorus being the highlight of your song is that just like a great climax in a movie can sort of retroactively cover up the blemishes of what came before, right? Like you might have an okay movie, but then at the climax, you're like, oh, and it blows your mind. And all of a sudden you retroactively think, what a great movie. So an example of that recently for me was Onward. I spent most of that movie watching it like, oh, this is pretty good. But considering Pixar's incredibly high standard, it's mid-range Pixar. Because Pixar has such a high bar, right? Like so many incredible movies. And I thought, okay, this this one's pretty good, but it's not that different. It doesn't feel that um, revolutionary, I guess. Not that everything needs to be revolutionary. I don't quite know what the word is, but it feels like, okay, this is a good movie. But then the end, I won't spoil anything, don't worry. But at the end, there's sort of this thing that kind of blows your mind because it seems inevitable retroactively thinking of it, but it's not where you thought it was going to go. Even though, again, in the moment, it's like, oh, wow, that seemed inevitable, but I didn't catch it. And it's brilliant. And it doesn't feel like they're pulling a fast one on you either. It feels like, oh, I should have known this the whole time. It was so obvious, but it was so well done that it wasn't, and it blows your mind. So I retroactively then saw the whole movie as like, oh, I see how it was setting up this thing the whole time that I didn't really see. And it's perfect, right? But I needed to see that climax to know that. So that's sort of the beauty, right, of a chorus is you can cover up or retroactively sort of insert brilliance into what came before if the chorus is meaningful enough or if it changes the game enough or if it just is that good, right? Just There's just some level of like people remember the beginning and ends of things better than everything else, right? They've done tons of psychological studies about this, right? And if you've ever done like, um, recitals for whatever your primary instrument is, you probably know or have heard the, you know, the common mantra that's, that's very true of like people basically only remember how you began and how you ended, right? So if you crush the beginning and the end, you're probably good. If you made a mistake in the middle, like whatever. But if you make a mistake in the middle and then give up, now you're in trouble, right? Because that's the last thing they remember of you. But if you get back up on your feet and you keep playing, and then you end strong, people will remember that. Um, so 
it's sort of the same thing with your chorus, right? If you can crush the chorus, really make sure that the highlight of your song is a real highlight. Then, you know, if you have struggles in some other areas of the song, most common, I think, is that second verse, right? Pesky second verse. Sort of that, you know, middle point of the story. You know, you you have all these rules you kind of have to follow because you've already set what the verse melody is, right? So you already have all these syllables you need to sort of fit into it. You have this sort the beginning of the story already and you have this end of the story in mind and you kind of have to connect those two, right? The second verse is just the hardest part of a song to write which we'll talk about next week. Um, and sometimes, no matter how hard we try, we're just not, we're just not going to nail it every time. We're just not, right? Your first verse, your first line of your first verse might not nail it every time. Your bridge, you know, a great bridge is not something that just sort of, you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next chorus, but it stands on its own as a great part, but that's not always going to happen, right? It just isn't. We just, as consistent as we can try to be, we're imperfect. It's not going to be great every time. So do the best you can to make sure your chorus crushes, right? Because that's supposed to be the highlight. Make sure the highlight is is highlight real worthy at, at the very least, if you can. So what makes a chorus a good chorus? One side of this, I think, is just simply it makes the listener excited to hear it again, right? They hear the first verse, they hear that first chorus, and then at the end of the first chorus, they're like, oh, yeah, okay. They're sort of nodding to their friends in the car like, ooh, that was sweet. And now the second verse is there, and the second verse is ramping up to the chorus or whatever, and everybody's excited for that chorus to come back, right? And the meaningfulness that is within that chorus sort of hits over and over, right? It doesn't feel like, ugh, you already said this in the chorus the first time. Why are you just repeating the chorus again, right? Like, that's not the effect you want, right? It's it's somehow... And it might be because the context has changed from the second verse, or maybe you've completely game like the you've changed the whole game between the first verse and second verse, right? It might even be two totally different characters, but the the the, the sort of central idea in the chorus sort of hits differently with the two different characters because you know they're connected over that central idea, but their stories might be very different, you know, whatever the reason is. Your chorus should make the listener excited to hear it again, and the meaningfulness will continue to hit them over and over again. I like I like to think of it this way. A good chorus is one that a listener doesn't mind hearing four times. Because I think most common is probably a chorus to happen three times, right? You have, if we were to say most basic song structure, verse one, chorus, verse two, bridge, chorus. Maybe in you know, a common alternative, right, is is that same thing, but bridge verse three chorus, right? Maybe sometimes re- the chorus repeats a second time at the end, so making four choruses, right? And that to me is that big spot. The difference between an okay chorus, like a pretty, an okay, pretty good chorus, three times, I rarely will get sick of it. A chorus is usually decent unless i find the song overall annoying and i just dislike the song in general if the chorus for any other song right so ignore that 
case because obviously at that point the whole thing annoys me but for a song that i would normally have good things to say about if for example in a live performance the artist decided uh, you, you know we usually just do the chorus three times we're gonna but i'm gonna repeat that third chorus another time live i'm not like rolling my eyes like oh okay i mean i'm over it it's fine instead i'm excited to hear it a fourth time Right. And you could even argue that into like maybe five and it depends how long your chorus is and all that. But in general, I think the thing to shoot for is four to the point that you should feel like you could even maybe repeat a chorus right away. Right. Like chorus three, chorus four um, with changing very little. And it still stay interesting to me is sort of a good test to see, OK, is this is this chorus really doing its job to make the listener excited to hear it again? Right, because if it can do three, okay, that's pretty standard. But if it can do four or five, that's when you know, like, okay, this 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 chorus is really doing its job. is pretty killer. Um, and the other thing is that it needs to provide a climax thematically and musically that contrasts with the verses. So thematically, we've already talked about, right? Is that central idea, right? There needs to be a climactic idea that. Not that your song can't have complexity of ideas, right, or many different ideas. They can, and I even think that's generally a good thing, right? Again, I don't think generally you should be able to say this is what a piece of art is about definitively. It should be like, well, we're sort of exploring the idea of dealing with the inevitability of death while you're losing your memory of people that you loved, right? That's not really a concise idea, Right. There might be many ideas in that. Right. Struggling with some bitterness towards the world because you feel like, you know, you, you know, you're starting to forget people and things and it sort of makes you bitter and, you know, the end is coming and you maybe have slight bitterness towards those that still have youth. But you're also dealing with sort of the desire for it to be over because then you get to see your loved ones again, uh, depending on the, the character's point of view, obviously. But. You know, like there's so many different details and ideas within that bigger story, right? Which I think is a good thing. But that being said, a lot of the themes should come to a head in the course, right? Because it's the climax, right? It's it's the it's the high point. It's the one main takeaway. Like if you if you get one main takeaway, right? Like at the end of a a sermon or at the end of, you know, when a teacher's teaching or lecturing or whatever, it's pretty common to be like, okay, if, if you only take one thing away from today, it's this, right? Like it's a pretty common thing for them to say, like, you've been sleeping all class. I see you in the back. You've been taking a nap. I know it's an 8am class. I'm not the most riveting teacher you've ever had, but if there's one thing I want you to actually take away today, and that makes everybody usually perk up a little bit, like, okay, I can't listen to you for 50 minutes, but hey, if you're going to give me one golden nugget, I can pay attention for the next minute to, to get that golden nugget. Um, and that's what your chorus should be, right? It's that if you get one thing from this, it's this. Um, and then musically, right? Musically, generally, the chorus is the biggest part of the song, right? It's sort of like we'll go back to a movie, right? The climactic battle is usually huge, right? If anything, I complain about it's too big too often, right? Like there's only so many times I can believe like, oh, they saved the world. That and like, you know that they're not going to lose when the world is at stake, right? 
if if like in the Dark Knight, in a lot of senses, Batman actually loses and the Joker wins. Um, if we really get down to it, the Joker wins in the sense that he was kind of right about humanity uh, as it's shown in what happens with Harvey Dent. Right. He was right about Harvey Dent, that he could pull down the White Knight, but he was wrong about the people on the boat. Right. So he kind of wins and loses. Um, so it's a little complicated. But but anyway, um, the chorus in general is like that big fight scene. Right. Where like everything is coming together for this moment and it's grandiose, right? It's the Avengers saving the entire world again. Like, okay, fine. Which only has meaning if you did a good job in the verses to like make you care. Otherwise it's just this big fight that looks pretty, right? But, but the verses sort of give you the why it matters, right? It, it gives you that context for, for, you know, for example, what we talked about before, the whole, it's fine, I know you found something better, right? It's fine, I know you found something better doesn't necessarily hit you hard in and of itself. Now, maybe it does you, right? If you've been cheated on, that might that might hit you hard on its own, right? And I think there are a lot of things to dig into with that line, with the layers of, you know, which what part is sarcastic or not. But um, regardless, right? Throughout the movie, hardly ever, and it certainly wouldn't work well, you can't have grandiose thing after grandiose thing, right? If the, like your favorite part of a superhero movie might be the big fight at the end, but if the whole thing was just big fights, right? Or if, you know, all of episode three of Star Wars was just the, you know, Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Darth Sidious versus Yoda, like that was awesome. But if the whole movie was that, that would, it would just be like, come on. Okay, I get it, right? Like, it would get old. Similarly, your chorus needs to contrast with the verses, right? That's why verses tend to be smaller. They tend to use less instrumentation. Usually, your vocal range, you're using lower notes in the verses, but the chorus is when you hit those higher notes, right? Or even if you're not using a higher part of your range in the chorus, you probably are adding more instruments, right? You, you make the song feel bigger. And there are ways to do that, Beyond just range. So, for example, somebody commented the other week something about they feel their range was um, sort of sort of holding them back in some ways. And, you know, there are plenty of it depends on style, right? So some styles don't do a lot of change in range, right? Like James Taylor, his choruses aren't that much higher than his verses. I'm not even sure if they are half the time, right? But it works for his genre. But the other thing is there are other ways to create that clear change between a verse and a chorus, right? Another common thing is verses tend to be a little more wordy because they're telling the stories, right? Choruses tend to be less wordy. What comes with that is usually longer held notes, right? So in the verses, you have shorter, more quarter note type things. And then maybe in your chorus, you have a lot more half notes, uh, dotted quarter notes, and maybe even some whole notes, right? You're holding notes for longer because there are fewer words, right? So so your your melody... When you have fewer words, right, you, you can't just infinitely create syllables out of, you know, if you have the word dog, right, you can maybe get away with da-og, 
two syllables, right? But da ah ah, we're starting to get silly, right? And that that might sound weird, right? But that's sort of how it works, right? And that usually is combined with a higher vocal range, but you really don't need to do that. And other things you can do is just layering more instruments in your arrangement, right? Or changing your arrangement of whatever instrument you're playing with to, you know, maybe you go from a piano riff that's very small sounding and sort of constrained within this range but then like you barely bring out the bass notes of the piano for the chorus and you get even higher with what you're playing in your right hand in the chorus. So you're opening up the range, right? And it feels bigger, right? And that's generally what you want out of your chorus, right? Your chorus should usually sound bigger. There's more at stake, right? It's, it's like the battle for the world, right? It's everything's bigger. It only, people only care because you got the small stuff right in the verses, you know, in the scene where, you know, Joker is being interrogated by Batman, right? Like, that's a, such an important scene. That's arguably a more important scene than the final fight scene, which honestly in that movie, the final fight scene is not even that great because it doesn't matter because it's such a brilliant film otherwise, and it's not about the fight. Um, and the Joker's not even really trying to win. But anyway, like, you know, the verses and all the like little intimate moments in movies along the way, like maybe the villain meets the hero, but they're both like, you know, Peter Parker meets Green Goblin, but not as Green Goblin as um, I'm totally blanking on his name. That's embarrassing. Uh, Norman Osborn. There we go. Right. So, so, you know, they meet as two humans and then later, that sort of ups the ante for when you sort of see how they don't see eye to eye in a non-fight existence. And then when they have their masks on and they're actually fighting, it makes more sense, right? It feels like more's on the line. And that's what your chorus is. It's that point of that, that big fight scene where it, this works and it makes sense and people care because you got the verses right. Um, but this is that big battle. This is that big scene, the climax. So singing higher notes helps. Adding extra in instrumentation that's not in the verses. Lo fewer, longer-held words, right? Which means longer-held notes in the melody. So here's another thing. Specifically, you need to crush the melody in the chorus. Melody is in my opinion, either the most important part of a song or the second most. Because people will remember your melody and your lyrics if they're good lyrics. They're never going to remember a chord progression for the most part. Most songs, people don't even notice the chord progression. They don't care. So worry a little less about that and a little more about getting that emotional great melody that really fits with the with the ideas of the song and with the lyrics right it just matches so wonderfully um with a lyric that it's almost feels like these are inextricably linked right like you can't possibly have these words without this melody right and the thought of rewriting the melody for these words is just blasphemous right because it's so such a perfect fit and that's really what you want because you again you're thinking about like this it, it, Worst case scenario, somebody listens to this song and they're like, oh, I don't even like that song, but they're still humming the melody of the chorus after it's done, right? Or they still find themselves kind of like, ooh, that, that was a pretty good melody though, 
right? Uh, it was a pretty memorable me- melody. And, you know, somebody, if they hear a song once and then hear it again five years later, they're like, oh, I don't know if I've heard this song until the chorus comes. But they remember then because they hear that melody, right? So let's get a little more specific. Verses tend to zoom in on emotions or the story and get really intimate. Choruses are backed up, right? They're the big picture stuff. I already sort of talked about this with the superhero movie example, so we'll brush past this one. While people might not be able to relate to the specifics you lay out in the cor- in the verses, sorry, the chorus should be in some ways less specific and more people should be able to relate to, right? So, for example, it would not be uncommon in the verses to describe someone or des- to describe a situation very specifically, right? You and I can probably relate in that we understand heartbreak, right? That's a pretty common human thing. If you're a human on the planet, you've probably experienced some level of heartbreak, some level, even if it's something tiny, right? Like your only real heartbreak was you were 10 and the person you had a crush on never even knew and they didn't notice you, right? Like, I don't know, but whatever it is, we can probably both relate on that. But the second I keep, I start telling you the specifics of my story, I probably start to lose you, right? Because you might think through things very differently than me, or maybe, you know, maybe if we're both, let's say we're both interested in females, right? And the specific type of female I lay out that broke my heart, you think, well, I would never even be interested in that type of person, right? Like I, 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 this is sort of what I look for in someone I want to have a relationship with, right? So there's like a, a million different ways that when you get into the specifics of a story, that's where people might not relate, but that's okay, right? Because that's sort of what, what makes a story feel real, right? If you just talk in generalities, you end up having a boy band song, right? And, you know, the reason why boy band songs are criticized besides being generally garbage, and this is also why, by the way, the Beatles were absolutely at first just a boy band. Ooh, I know, blasphemous, but um, is boy band songs are all really, really, really vague, right? Like, you know, you don't know you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But you don't say anything about what makes them beautiful outside of generalities that every single girl that's listening to that boy band song thinks, he could be talking about me, right? They would never get into specifics of like, you like, you know, and I'm sure some do, but you know, they're mostly like, might say like, oh, you like Jay-Z. Like, okay, that's, that's a pop artist that like tons of people like. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to talk about like, you have blue eyes with, with, with rosy cheeks and, 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 you know, rose blonde hair or whatever the, like the reddish blonde hair, right? Like they're not going to get into those specifics, right? Cause now all of a sudden all the brunettes that are fans of them, all the, all the people with, with, um, you know, not strawberry blonde hair, are going to be like, oh, well, the, the song isn't about me. So they don't love that song anymore, right? Because they want to think that, oh, those cute boys on stage love me, right? And that's that's sort of the the shtick of the boy band, right? Which is why they get criticism, because it's empty and it's just produced 
garbage, right? It's not it's not a real song about a real girl. It's 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 meant to get the effect that it has on teenagers. And it does that effectively, unfortunately. So anyway, but in 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 a better song, usually we are trying to get more intimate in those verses and get a little more details and have that like a story that feels real, right? Hopefully it even is real or at least feels real for sure. Cause sometimes we are sort of making up stories based off of our experience, right? But that doesn't make it less real in a, in a sense, cause we're still pulling from our experiences. We're just, you know, the exact story is changed to be a little more artistic and interesting than what life often is. Um, but the chorus is, is when we zoom out and that that's when you can pull that boy band stuff of it's really vague, right? You don't know you're beautiful, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff that anybody can relate to and think, oh, they're talking about me or, oh, that's me talking, right? I can sing along and relate to this, right? Any, anybody can, you know, it's easier to sing along with, it's fine, I know you found something better. A lot of people can relate to that idea. Even if they've never been cheated on or something, you can, you can at least relate to the idea of that happening to you. Right. So that's that's like a, a pretty general human condition type thing. Whereas once you get into the specifics, it's not. So the chorus, its job is to be more relatable is really what it comes down to. And again, chorus needs to be best part of your song. Nine times out of ten. I think there can be exceptions to that. But for the most part, your chorus needs to crush it. And then to get I'm a little tentative to say this, but let's talk music theory for a second. In the chorus, you should probably be intentional about using the one chord. Why? Well, first of all, I hope that you don't necessarily think that you need to be using the one chord constantly throughout the song. You don't. There are, there's no chord that you should feel that way about. But in the chorus... In theory, this is the main idea, right? The main theme, the main climax of the story. And the one chord is what feels like home, what feels like complete, what feels the most powerful, right? It's the most powerful chord you have is that one chord, which if you don't know what one chord is, go check out my free guide on the four pillars of music theory that you really do need to know as a songwriter. It teaches you all four of those. It's basically intervals, keys, uh, chords and chord progressions. So I teach you those four things. Link in the description below for that. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about. So one chord. That is something that you should be using in the chorus most of the time. I've given this example before, but there was one song that I actually wrote a finale for where the main point of the song was actually in that finale. So I intentionally left the one chord out of the chorus so that it felt like ah, this feels... It didn't feel complete. It didn't feel like this is the main point because it never got to that one chord, that powerful this is home chord. So it made you feel like, ah, oh, there's something more, which was true. And eventually when that finale hit and I gave you the one chord right away, it's like, oh, this is the main point, right? So I was very intentional about when to use that one chord. But generally speaking, you want that to be in the chorus because generally you don't have that finale that that's the main point. You generally, your main point, your main idea, 
your main climax is actually in the chorus. And musically, one of the best ways to make sure that's happening is to use that one chord. So make sure that you are utilizing the one chord to some level, at least, in the course. I hope this was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to subscribe. Hit that little notification bell. If you are on YouTube, drop a like as well. If you're on YouTube, helps with the YouTube algorithm. If you're listening via podcast, best thing you can do to help is to go leave a review on iTunes, preferably four or five stars. If you feel like you can't, let me know why. Let me know what I can do to improve and to teach you better. Uh, email me at joseph at songwritertheory.com. Joseph is spelled J-O-S-E-P-H because I have noticed that some people, I don't know how this is possible, but some people think Joseph is spelled J-O-E-S-E-P-H, which is shocking to me because that is not a valid spelling of Joseph. So, but apparently... Not everybody has seen Joseph written down before, which is such a common name. It's hard to believe. But anyway, all to say, I hope this was helpful to you. Something else you can do to spread the cause of writing more meaningful music is, of course, to share this video with a friend that you think might be interested or to just tell them about what we're doing over here at Songwriter Theory, teaching people to write meaningful songs, utilizing music theory and really diving deep into lyrics and all that sort of stuff, talking about the things that matter, including some songwriting philosophy, which, of course, if you've been following for any amount of time, you know that I love. Thank you again for joining me, and I will talk to you next week.